0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Wednesday
1: edition of
0: Washington Watch. Coming
2: up. <clears throat> on this vote, the yeas are 62, the nays are 37. Three fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn having voted in the affirmative, the motion is agreed to.
1: The United States Senate has declared
2: war on people of faith. Today, the Senate is taking a truly bold step forward in the march towards greater justice, greater equality,
3: by advancing the Respect for Marriage Act. It's a
2: simple, narrowly tailored, but exceedingly important piece of legislation that will do so much good for so many Americans. It will make our country a better, fairer place to live.
1: That was a Democrat leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, who... Those words he spoke, there's never never been a bigger lie uttered on the Senate floor than what we heard today. I'll have a list of the Republican senators who took their 30 pieces of silver a little bit later. And today's vote in the Senate was the most significant hurdle for the Disrespect for Marriage Act that it has faced. However, it does have to go back to the House for that body to approve the fake religious liberty protections Uh, that some senators helped put on the bill. We'll talk about it with Utah Senator Mike Lee, who did his very best to stop this train wreck. And later we'll talk about how Bible-believing Christians should respond to this latest attack on family and religious freedom. And yes, I do believe there's a time for righteous indignation. And this is one of those times. Also, we'll get uh, more on the apparent collusion between the Biden administration and big tech from Missouri Senator Josh Hawley a little later. We'll also get an update on the race for the control of the House. As it now looks like, Republicans will eke out a slight majority. Brent Kylan, vice president of FRC Action, joins us with that update. And while the focus is on the dangerous policies being pushed in this lame duck session of Congress, which I warned you about, there is still a pending Senate race in the state of Georgia. Jenny Beth Martin joins us to talk about what's happening on the ground in Georgia. The website, TonyPerkins.com, resources there for you. Our word for today comes from Hosea chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. Because Ephraim has made many altars for sin, they have become for him altars of sinning. I have written for him the great things of my law, but they were considered a strange thing. You know, through the prophet Hosea, God pointed out the nature of sin. Like a Trojan horse, sin contains its own punishment. Israel wanted idols, and as the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, at some point, God gives us up to what we want. In the end, it's not good. God gave them up to their idolatrous desires, and now they were consumed with idolatry that was consuming them. But it didn't have to be that way. God had provided all the answers to life, a roadmap to peace, purpose, and contentment through his word. But it was foreign to them. They acted as if they had never seen it. Choosing their own path that led to bondage over God's path that led to life. To be a part of our Bible reading plan, you can go to FRC.org slash Bible. Twelve Republican senators joined the Democrats today and voted to limit debate on the intentionally misnamed Respect for Marriage Act, clearing the 60-vote threshold for cloture and paving the way for a simple majority vote on final passage. Now those twelve senators are as follows Roy Blunt of Missouri, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, Joni Ernst of Iowa, uh, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming, and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Rob Portman of Ohio, Mitt Romney of Utah, Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, Todd Young of Indiana. Remember those names. Uh, In fact, you can find them at TonyPerkins.com. And you can call them at 202-224-3121. They, they've sold out. They've sold out people of faith in this country. Mark my word. Write it down. Join me now to talk about this, Senator Mike Lee of Utah, who did everything he could to try to talk sense into his Republican colleagues. Senator Lee, welcome to Washington Watch.
2: Thank you, Tony. It's
1: good to be with you. Um, You share our concerns in what this measure will do to religious freedom in this country.
2: Yes. Yes. Look, this sets in motion a sequence of events. It's likely to culminate in the removal of tax-exempt status from religious institutions. Religious institutions, in particular that harbor or share a religious belief about the definition of same uh, about the definition of marriage and uh, whether they accept same-sex marriage look n- no one should have to face revocation of tax exempt status or eligibility to participate in a particular federal program or have access to uh federal property or or programs of one sort or another it should never be conditioned on the basis of the acceptance of government orthodoxy or of a particular religious orthodoxy this is what this bill does it sets that in motion coupled with other civil rights laws and supreme court precedents this will accelerate accelerate the march toward that that we know has been happening at least since obergefell when justice alito questioned then Solicitor General Donald Varelli about whether it might have that effect. And he said three times, yes, that's going to be an issue, Justice Alito. We don't deny that. It's going to be an issue. So this accelerates that. And if we're going to pass something that accelerates it, the least we can do is enact that legislation with an amendment that says the government may not do that. Now, the sponsors of this bill have rejected my amendment to do precisely that. They've instead adopted another amendment that appears on its face to do something like that, but really doesn't. This is smoke and mirrors, Tony. Right. The shell game, a shell game that ends in the destruction and uh, erosion, but ultimately the destruction of religious liberty in America. We can't have that.
1: Uh, Senator, I mean, you're you're a constitutional expert. And the, as you pointed out, the amendment or the amended language that they put forward is really, it reminds me of President Obama's executive order on Obamacare that was supposed to protect against taxpayer funding of abortion—it was—it uh, was a fig leaf. It was false. Uh, it was proven to be false. This, yes. even in its, even if it were uh, legitimate, it is very limited in its scope in that it only deals with religious liberty for institutions as it pertains, as I read it, as it pertains to the actual act of marriage and. Correct me if I'm wrong, Senator, but the First Amendment is not to institutions; it's for individuals. We sh- we all have a freedom of religion in this country.
2: That, that's right. It belongs to each of us, not just to institutions, and it belongs to each of us and our institutions in ways that extend far beyond the performance of marriage or the provision of a uh, of, of a of, of a marriage uh, uh, covenant. Uh, the, this is um, something that's really lost on a lot of Americans these days as our society becomes more secular. People are accepting the idea that our religious liberties extend no further than the four corners of the church or the synagogue, and that simply isn't true. The other thing that happens is that when the the will of a secular society becomes hostile to religious pluralism, to the acceptance of religious minority beliefs, Everyone suffers as a result. That's exactly what's happening here. Now, look, I I understand not everyone shares my view, my religious view, that marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman. I understand. I can accept that. And I can accept the idea of the government not discriminating uh, uh, for or against any type of religious institution based on their particular religious beliefs about marriage. Right. What I can't accept is the government picking winners and losers on the basis of who adheres to a particular favored religious orthodoxy and punishing those that don't adhere to that. That's exactly what this bill is doing. And it's doing so in a way that purports, because of this Section 7A, this this uh, this fig leaf, as you put it, this fig leaf of a religious freedom protection, it doesn't actually do what they claim that it right. does.
1: Does this not also provide for a private right of action where you can see people using this as leverage to go against people who fail to fall in line with this new orthodoxy?
2: Yeah, it does contain a private right of action. Now, uh, uh, people can disagree as to how much damage that private right of action could do. I'm I'm personally less worried about the private right of action feature of it than I am about the fact that this opens the door potentially to the revocation of tax exempt status on right. the basis of religious doctrine. We can never allow that to happen, and yet we're marching in precisely that direction with this bill. That's why I'm hoping, look, this was a, an initial procedural vote, an initial procedural uh, vote to bring debate to a close on whether to proceed uh, to this piece of legislation. We've got several other votes that still have to take place. There's still time. I hope, I believe that that several of these 12 Republican senators who voted this way most of whom i believe have been deceived in, in into thinking that the religious freedom protection actually did what the sponsors of the bill some of them are claiming that it does i'm hoping they can see the light between now and when the final vote is cast and we can stop this thing because it will be a bad day for america
1: but but senator correct me if i'm wrong uh, we, this was really the high uh threshold for the bill the 60 vote uh uh cloture vote to move forward. Is there another sixty-vote threshold, or if is it
2: yes, there yeah, is. There will be a total of three sixty-vote threshold votes on this one. Okay, uh, th- there will be subsequent cloture votes on this one, two more. So, uh, my hope is that on one of those, uh, hopefully, the next sixty-vote cloture vote that we cast on this, uh, we we will have at least three of these twelve Republicans looking more closely at it and saying, yeah, you know what, uh, I got uh, I got taken for a ride on this one. I got sold a bill of goods. They tried to sell me a bridge, and I bought it. But um, look, Republicans are smarter than that. These 12 Republicans are smarter than that, and I, I, I hope they'll come around.
1: Well, I know that's what happened in the House when you had 47 Republicans vote for it in the House. Many of them have changed their tune after uh, not only they looked at it, but they heard from constituents. So when might we see... Uh, these other two 60-vote measure, uh, actions?
2: It's hard to say, uh, Tony. Uh, You know, there's a possibility that tomorrow, the next vote on this will likely be on what's called the motion to proceed. Today, we had cloture on the motion to proceed. Tomorrow would be the motion to proceed uh, set at a simple majority threshold. After that, there's some speculation that the Senate might recess until after Thanksgiving. And so, if that's what happens, then the Two next uh, sixty vote threshold votes wouldn't occur until after we return from Thanksgiving, the last week of November. So there is time and the possibility of this being stopped. There's still time. There's still a possibility of it being stopped. Uh, all, all within the sound of, of of your voice and your program, Tony. You need to understand what's really at risk here, and if uh, if they've got the ear of any U.S. senator, particularly any U.S. senator who cast a yes vote on the Republican side of the aisle for this today, please reach out to them, please share your concern. And please make clear that uh, the American people need to be free and they can't truly be free unless their souls are free with religious freedom. This bill undermines that and needs to be stopped.
1: Uh, Senator Mike Lee, I want to thank you for joining us today, but I also want to thank you because I know you and I have had many conversations. I want to thank you for being a staunch defender of religious freedom in this country.
2: Thank you, Tony. All
1: right. Good to see you. All right. You heard it right there. A disappointing vote today, but there will be two more votes. You can reach out to your senators. Text the word DUCK to 67742. That's the word DUCK to 67742. You'll get a link. You really need to speak to your senators. We've got to stop this attack on religious freedom. Stop it in its tracks. we need to be praying as well. All right, we're going to be joined next by Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri regarding collusion between big tech and uh, the Biden administration.
3: Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible.
4: Learn more at frc.org
5: forward slash life.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. I've got uh, those Republican senators that have sold out religious freedom. They are listed at TonyPerkins.com. Richard Burr, Shelley Moore, Capito, Susan Collins, Joni Ernst, Cynthia Lummis, Lisa Murkowski, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis, Todd Young. They need to hear from you. We were just talking about this with uh, Senator Mike Lee. There will be more votes that require the 60 votes, which means if the Republicans uh, would come to their senses, the Democrats could not push this attack on religious freedom. So you need to contact them. All right. This is not over. This week, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley accused Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas of deliberately withholding information from Congress regarding his department's effort to suppress speech. The letter followed a report I've discussed in this program which revealed that the Department of Homeland Security has been working with big tech to combat what they call disinformation, in other words, opposing views. Um, Joining me now to talk about this and more is Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. He serves on four Senate committees, including the Armed Services Committee and the Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs. Uh, Senator Hawley joins us by phone. Senator, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks so much for having me. All right. I
1: I, want to ask you about your letter. But first, I want to give you a chance. I know you voted to protect religious freedom in this vote that just took place on the Senate. Uh, Your thoughts uh, going forward on this Disrespect for Marriage Act?
0: Well, I I mean, the problem with this bill is that it really poses a serious danger to religious liberty, as you've been explaining, Tony, and it it goes well beyond what the Supreme Court did in the Obergefell case. And it really brings into question the religious liberty rights of private individuals, of people of faith who are out there in the private sector, people of faith who are in government, people of faith who are in the education sector, and exposes them to coercion from now the federal government, not just state governments, which we've been seeing, but from the federal government. And uh, I voted no, and to me, I, listen, if, if you care about our constitutional structure, which says that religious liberty is a foundational liberty, it's our first liberty in the Bill of Rights, then you should be opposing this bill.
1: Agreed. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to this uh, other topic. Is it fair for me to say, and for those that have been watching this, to say the Biden administration is in collusion with big tech to suppress free speech?
0: Oh, big time. In fact, you could even go a step further and say that the Biden administration is using big tech to censor speech. It is it is coercing big tech. And what we've learned really in the last few months, Tony, is that not only are are the Biden officials partnering up with big tech to try and, and come up with a hit list to try and take down American speech. But the Biden administration is actively tracking American speech online and they are pressuring the tech companies into doing their bill a bidding. They are pressuring the tech companies into censorship. Now, listen, we all know that these tech companies have a bias against conservatives anyway, so it doesn't take too much pressure. But the truth is when the federal government really ramps up its coercive apparatus, when it really gets going and says to a company, you know, you need to take down this content, you need to pull down this account, it can bring tremendous pressure to bear. And that's what the Biden administration has been doing to try and shape political conversation in this country, I think it's a violation of the First Amendment big time, Tony, and we've got to bring it to the light.
1: It, it becomes a First Amendment violation when you have the government doing it. So we've we've been concerned about what big tech has been doing in censoring speech. But when the government enter in, in, enters in and becomes party to this, that's where you have the First Amendment violation.
0: Exactly right. When the government uses a private entity, to do what the First Amendment does not permit, that is a First Amendment violation. The government can't go out directly and say to American citizens, you can't say this, you can't say that, unless they're directly inciting violence, of course, that's a crime. But unless you are actually committing a crime, the, the government can't tell you what speech you can engage in. That's what the First Amendment means. But the courts have also been really clear, Tony, that nor can the government go out and use a private company or use state governments to accomplish what it could not otherwise do. And what we're seeing Biden and team do is this is what they're after with big tech. They're going to big tech and they're saying, okay, look, we can't censor speech. We, the government, but big tech, you can. So here's a list. Here are the people we want censored. You go censor them on our behalf. Tony, that's unconstitutional. So
1: is there enough evidence for someone to proceed with filing a lawsuit?
0: Absolutely. And I'm proud to say that my state of Missouri has done this, the state of Louisiana, Has done it together. They have an ongoing lawsuit. And I tell you what, one of the reasons we're finding out so much of this information is because they are getting evidence as part of this suit. They've been authorized now to take the deposition of people like Anthony Fauci, Jen Psaki. They're going to be able to put these people on the record. But already what they have brought to light, Tony, they've gotten whistleblowers who have come forward. Of course, we've had whistleblowers come forward to me in my office from the Department of Homeland Security, from the FBI to talk about what it is, the the censorship efforts that are underway at those agencies. And we're learning more and more. And the more we learn, the more we see the government is engaged in an active censorship effort using the big tech companies.
1: So, Senator Holly, what do you think might be the outcome here? And what is a timetable where we might see some kind of definitive action?
0: Well, what needs to happen is, in addition to the lawsuit, which needs to go forward, we need to get all these people on the record. And and then we need to get orders from court for the administration to stop this illegal activity. But Congress also needs to get involved. And we've got a tremendous opportunity now with the House coming into GOP hands, where you actually have people who care about the First Amendment. Tremendous opportunity not only to do oversight, to bring this out into the open, to get people on the record, but also to pass legislation. And we need to do it in the Senate, too. Listen, I hope we're going to have 50 Senate Republicans. That There is no excuse for Senate Republicans to sit back, and say, well, there's just nothing we can do. Oh, well, yes, there is. We need to use our platform. We need to use our hearings. We need to use our oversight capability to bring this to the light. We need to discover exactly what this administration's doing, and we need to introduce legislation as well that will put a stop to this and protect the First Amendment rights of all Americans. And, Tony, I'll just say this. If you, can, you can agree or disagree with people's speech. There's all kinds of speech out there that you know, I disagree with, but I will fight for right. anybody's right to be wrong right and that's what this is about
1: yeah i mean we, as conservatives you know we're 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 all in when it comes to free speech because we believe our arguments will ultimately win the day uh, but it's the left that wants to silence senator josh holly always great to talk with you thanks so much for uh, joining us today
0: thanks for having me
1: ah uh, you know it, and this is what we just saw earlier today, this vote on marriage, this is why they want to silence us. They, they don't want our voice to be heard. That's why we've got to fight even harder, even to be heard. It's it's ironic that the it was the, the Biden administration saying they couldn't get their message out before the election. Again, more projection. All right, coming up next, Senate runoff race in Georgia. We're going to be talking about what's going on on the ground with our next guest so don't go away jenny beth martin joins us next
5: are you a university student do you know a university student specifically one who wants to grow as a christian leader to positively influence public policy in the culture look no further
1: Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins, your host, and this is Washington Watch. Well, it's it's, it's almost like déjà vu. Um, you remember back in 2020, a Senate race in Georgia went to uh, down to the wire as they had a runoff after the um, general elections had been held in November. Well, we have another Senate race in Georgia that's uh, headed to a special runoff. This time, it's Republican Herschel Walker and Democrat Raphael Warnock. Now. The closeness of this race emphasizes the importance of every vote. Now, we've been talking about how narrowly divided the country is. And you look at some of these key races, and there's—I mean, uh, we're still tabulating some of the congressional races. And literally, some cases, dozens of votes are deciding these races. This runoff is going to be extremely important that people, number one, are voting— Number two, volunteers are actually watching the polls to ensure election integrity. Well, joining me now to uh, to discuss this, Jenny Beth Martin. She's a co-founder of Tea Party Patriots. Jenny Beth, welcome to Washington Watch.
4: Thank you so much, Tony.
1: Wow. Uh, another Georgia Senate runoff. I, I, I thought we just did this.
4: Yes, we did just do it, and we're doing it again. In Georgia, we elect people who have the majority of the support of the voters so if you don't get that in a general election you go to a runoff and the same thing happens for primaries, and in Georgia in the last in this current cycle right now just last last Tuesday. The only statewide race that that is going to a runoff is the one for the United States Senate, and it happens to be the only one that had a Democrat incumbent. So Herschel Walker forced the Democrat incumbent to a runoff, which is a, a good thing. And now we just have to do it one more time, another three weeks to go.
1: Now, Georgia taking a lot of heat early on because they did election reform measures to ensure election integrity. It appears to have increased Uh, turnout from a standpoint of voter confidence. So you had a good, uh, vibrant turnout in the in the election. But now you've got a really short window for people to turn back out and vote again. But you're also working to help make sure the voter integrity uh, procedures that were adopted by the legislature do, in fact, work with poll watchers. Uh, Tell us about how people can be involved there in Georgia to help
4: out that's correct so um we need a lot more people who are willing to step up and volunteer we have to have poll watchers in place for early voting um early voting in the metro atlanta areas it seems like that's going to begin next week before thanksgiving then we have thanksgiving and then early voting will resume and then on top of that we need people who will be in tabulation centers watching the processing of absentee ballots and then helping we watched in Nevada and in Arizona as the left was very good at curing ballots that had problems when when they were returned, but they weren't able to be processed. We need volunteers who will step up and help with curing the ballots. And all of the things that I just mentioned to you, you do not have to be a resident of Georgia to do these things. So if you're willing to travel to Georgia, there are a lot of volunteer opportunities. And this Senate seat lasts for six years. So it may not determine the majority makeup of the Senate right now in the next next two years, but it could in two years after that or even four years from now. So it's a very very important
1: seat So Jenny Beth you provide uh, training for those in terms of how, what to do as a poll watcher or to cure these ballots you'll provide the training.
4: That's correct. Tea Party Patriots Action is working to provide training and then we're connecting the people who we train with the, the people on the ground who can actually help get them into a shift to be a credentialed poll watcher. In Georgia, that does have to go through a political party. So we let people know how to do that. If they wanna do it as a Democrat, where to go sign up to do it. And then the same thing for, for Republicans. So um, we help them then go work to become sh- shifted and actually do the credentialing. It's really important we don't have enough people right now. We've got risk-limiting audits, um, logic and accuracy testing, early voting, absentee ballot processing, election day, curing and chasing ballots, and we have to um, have Thanksgiving and actually have election day as well. So there's a lot of need for a lot of volunteers.
1: Well, given how close this race was from the November 8th, I imagine that it's going to be close again, so every single vote really does matter. So, number one, you want to make sure that votes that are being cast are legitimate votes, but then the curing process is something that someone just puts the wrong date or whatever, you track that down to make sure that vote is, in fact, counted if it is a legitimate vote. So where can people go for more information to contact you to volunteer?
4: So if you want to sign up to volunteer, you can go to help at GAPolls.com, help at GAPolls.com and sign up to volunteer and we'll follow up with you shortly after you sign
5: up.
1: All right, Jenny Beth Martin, thank you for joining us today. And we'll, we'll put that on the website as well. Encourage people to contact you to go down and spend a little time in Georgia.
4: Thank you so much, Tony.
1: All right. Good to see you, Ginny Beth Martin, Tea Party Patriots. Uh, this is going to be a close election. Um, All of them are close, number one. So if you live in Georgia, and I know we've got a lot of listeners in Georgia, make sure you're voting. And uh, and some of the the, uh, information I got immediately after the 8th, Uh, it appeared that the turnout in North Georgia wasn't as strong. Uh, And I haven't dug back down into that. But look, this is an important election. We need as many uh, conservative voices in the United States Senate as we saw today that we possibly can so, please do your part. Go vote. If you don't live in Georgia and want to volunteer, uh, go to the website, tonyperkins.com. Follow the links over. All right. When we come back, we're going to get an update from Brent Kylan on the status of the House of Representatives, as it looks like the Republicans are going to take the majority. We're going to talk about that. And then Travis Weber is going to join me as we talk about, as Christians, Bible believing Christians, how do we deal with the news from today and where do we go from here? So, don't go away. You'll want to listen to this coming up next on Washington Watch.
6: What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAN to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAN to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text S-T-A-N-D to 67742. That's STAND to 67742.
5: Are you a university student? Visit FRC.org slash internships to apply.
2: This
1: is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Twitter, it's at T Perkins. Okay, I'm going to give you an update on uh, where things stand as ballots are still being counted. Uh, it's just, its quite amazing. You know, I, we talked about it yesterday, and we're going to talk about it more in the future about what we need to do going into 2024. But this is just unacceptable that you've got uh, some states that are are still like uh, you know, in California, you've got 60 percent of the vote in some places. You've got uh, in the northern, north uh, northern district, third California, uh, third district in California. 57 percent of the vote counted. I mean, it's just it's it's just unacceptable. Uh, but it does now look like Republicans, in fact, some outlets are declaring that the Republicans have crossed the threshold of 218. Join me now to talk about this. Brent Kylan, Vice President of FRC Action. Brent, welcome back to the program.
7: Thank you, Tony. Be good, good to be with you again. Okay, so give us the latest. All right. So, uh, on the uh, the Senate side, the, the the Senate picture is pretty clear now. We did have uh, Republicans in Nevada and Arizona concede those races yesterday. So, the only two races that we're not sure about at this point are the the Alaska race. Uh, we do know that will stay in Republican uh, hands. It's just whether it will be Lisa Murkowski or Kelly Chewbacca there. We're up to 90 percent of the, uh, the vote counted there. So, we're getting closer. Uh, Kelly Chewbacca in that first round, up by about two-tenths of a point last I checked, so very close there. And then, of course, in the Senate, we have that runoff in Georgia. You've already talked about that today. Um, on the House side, very interesting, Tony. As you mentioned, um, it, it looks like the, the, the uh, GOP has in fact taken the House, but Uh, Some outlets have called it. Some have not. So we're right uh, on the cusp of that. Uh, Decision Desk has called it for the GOP. They, in fact, have the GOP up at 219 seats, so uh, a seat above the 218 that they need. Uh, But some of the other outlets, like the the Associated Press, which is um, uh, an outlet that a lot of people do look to uh, for this, they have not yet called that. They still have the GOP at 217 seats. So we're depending on the outlet, we're right on the edge or the GOP has in fact taken the majority as of yesterday, um, Decision Desk, the two seats they called, the AP hasn't called yet, are in California, two California races there. But uh, regardless of the, the outlet that you're going with, there's still about 10 or 12 outstanding uh, outstanding races. So some of those look very close. Uh, we still have some that could fall within a margin of um, things like ballot curing, you know, the ability to uh, to fix your ballot if, if you cast it, but it was not uh, filled out correctly. Uh, so still some very, very close races, um, very important races outstanding still.
1: So Brent of, I mean a lot of these races are very close. Have we had any um, election uh, demands for recount or challenges
7: in some of these races? Tony, not that I have seen yet, but I know of at least one in Colorado where they're kind of waiting to see where these last few ballots come in, because the Republicans up by, I think, about 1,200, but I believe the recount threshold is 800, and they're in the process. I think today is the deadline for ballot curing, so it's possible that that could take that, uh, that margin under that 800-vote eight, uh, threshold, um, and then a few more of these, it will really just depend, you know, what those, what those final votes are. So still really no idea when we'll know for certain the outcome of these races? It's difficult to say, Tony. Like you said, uh, the counting has dragged on. In states like California, they give them a long time to get these ballots in. They, um, they have more time to have those come through the mail and still be counted and things like that. And so uh, typically we've been seeing a couple seats counted every day. Um, so I would, I would assume we would continue to see that over the next couple of days. But uh, I'm just guessing at this point we're really, really. Not sure at this point. Uh,
1: final uh, question for you, Brent Kylan, the FRC action, FRC Action PAC endorsed uh, endorses candidates and uh, give us kind of a, a quick rundown on how FRC Action FRC Action Pack, did in this election cycle.
7: Yeah, Tony, we, uh, this cycle, endorsed uh, 70 candidates. Most of those are at the the, the federal level, but some stay. And, and, you know, as we've talked about before, these are people that we've met with, we've vetted on faith, family, and freedom issues. These are people we think will really stand up for these issues. And so far, we're at 77 percent of those have won. So we we're really excited about those. Um, we're excited that we'll be able to work with them in implementing good policy. But we still have a couple of races outstanding as well because of the uh, the counting. So that number could, uh, could tick up uh, a little bit as well.
1: All right, Brent Kylan, always good to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Tony. All right. All right, so as we mentioned at the top of the program, 12 Republican senators joined with the Democrats to put into federal law the Supreme Court's redefinition of marriage in the Obergefell case going back seven years. Why does this matter? Well, because what this does is, uh, as we talked about with Senator Lee, and if you uh, actually missed that interview, I encourage you to go to TonyPerkins.com a little bit later and watch it. Uh, But as we talked about, this is a real threat to religious freedom. It's a a threat to individuals uh, and their exercise of their religious freedom. It is a threat to religious institutions. I have no doubt that uh, the Family Research Council, which is a nonprofit organization, uh, that we will see a tax, uh, challenges to our tax-exempt status as a nonprofit because we refuse to yield uh, to the cultural winds on marriage. We, we are a Bible-believing organization, and we believe what the Word of God says. And you look at the institution of marriage it was not created by man. It was created by God in the Garden of Eden before man even sinned. You know, Adam and Eve came out of the Garden, as we talked about yesterday, with, with a marriage certificate from God and a wool suit. Uh, that was it. Nothing else. This is not for man to redefine. And not only are we redefining marriage, but we're giving the lever of of power and of uh, of government really persecution or prosecution, however you want to look at it, to those who want to redefine marriage, family, and human sexuality. And we've seen, and I know I, you, someone say, well, you're beating a dead horse. You talked talk about this yesterday. I'm going to talk about this all the time. And if you don't want to hear it, go ahead and turn me off. Because I'm telling you, they are marching us down a path of destruction. And it, it, it needs to begin, the pulpits in America need to begin declaring God's truth and challenging the people of God to live out that truth and for the people of God to vote for people who will uphold that truth. You know, I, I hear this quite frequently from leaders that I meet with here in our nation's capital. They'll say, well, Tony, why do Christians expect me to talk about issues that pastors won't preach about? You know, that's a good question. Look... We, we see the cultural decline. We cannot hide from it. We cannot deny it. We have to stand lovingly against it. Because as we stand for truth and speak that truth, others may come to know that truth and find the freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Join me to, uh, to talk about this and uh, the way forward. Travis Weber, vice president of our policy shop and ga uh, so travis disappointing vote today but as we were talking about with senator lee earlier i was not uh procedurally aware that there are two more threshold votes of 60 votes
8: yeah, i think th- there could be we have to look at how things develop in the days ahead uh, it's possible we could face those and um before final passage when when uh you know we could see the bill move out of the house and, or move out of the senate and have to go back to the house but um uh, this is, was a troubling vote today, for sure, a, a very troubling vote. And um, w- there's a lot, uh, you know, as you're outlining for us, a lot of work and prayer to be done.
1: Yeah, and, and, uh, and there's also the clock. There's also the clock. There,
8: um, there,
1: there's, a, there's a clock here because you've got, uh, as was pointed out, you've got Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, this is a lame duck session that's limited. And so, you know, look, God can intervene here.
8: You absolutely can, yeah, you know, and and it's important for us. You know, Tony, you mentioned we're we're you know, we may be accused of beating a dead horse. Well, sometimes we don't have another option but to beat a dead horse when it comes to standing on what God has called us to stand upon, and that's what we're doing here, articulating for Christians in America that these are biblical issues. They're not polit. We think people get you know hear claim it's political, it's political, stay out of it. It's biblical. There's an intersection with politics. For the public life of our nation, which we're all charged with governing, including, as you noted, our nation's pastors, so right. no other option but to stand where we've been standing on this.
1: Right. Yeah. These issues are moral and spiritual issues, and you have those that come in and make them political, and and then tell Christians and others to back off, don't uh, don't touch the issue. The reality is these are issues of truth that that we must speak to, whether or not. It's culturally acceptable, whether or not you know the, uh, the, the the political class applauds it. It does not matter. We have to speak the truth, and this is this requires everyone to be involved. This is why we we, you know, I say this often. Our republic was made for participants, not spectators. And I'm thankful. I really am thankful for our, our viewers and our listeners who do engage, because I know you do, because I hear it from members of Congress. But I'm going to say we, we cannot give up on this. We've got to pray. OK, continue to pray. I'm praying. I was up early, early this morning praying about this. And I'm going to let the mockers mock. OK, the, the, the left, the mockers mock. That's what they do. Let them mock. Uh, I am. Look, we are standing on the side of transcendent truth. The word of God never changes. And and so, you know, there are those that want to say, you know, you guys are on the wrong side of history. Um, I don't think so. We're on the side of the one who is writing history.
8: And Tony, you know, we're, we're, this is a dangerous moment for our nation. You know, when we say, stand here and say, beware of the cliff we're marching towards. It's not at a place of glee, gloating, judgment. It's a place of, our hearts are broken for these leaders who are helping lead us right. to this place, that's a sobering moment. So, you know, there'll be mockers who say, oh, you're mocking the issue we decided years ago. Well, sorry, it could be decided 50 years ago. We're still going to say it. It doesn't matter. You
1: can't make what is immoral, moral.
8: And we're going to declare it out of a desire to see people recognize this return. And we're praying for that, right? So for the listeners, we're declaring it, praying the change, and that's, that's a sobering, but it's a hopeful reliance on Christ, but
1: but we know, we've talked about what is happening in education, and this will only accelerate it. If this stands, if this makes its way all the way through, and President Biden gets to his desk, I'm sure he'll sign it, because he loves everything that's perverted like this, and he'll uh, he'll put it into law, and this will only accelerate the, uh, the attack on values in public school classrooms, where um, parents are trying to protect their children against this indoctrination. So... And, and and think about this for a moment, Travis. You've got young kids. I mean, yesterday we talked about what's happening here, right in the shadow of D.C. in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Four years old, three and four year olds being indoctrinated into this ideology. If this is all they ever know, they'll never have an opportunity to to understand God's design for human sexuality and marriage, unless. There are those who are willing to stand against the cultural winds and do so.
8: Yeah, I mean, it's going to shape their worldview to, to exclude everything but the ideology this bill is advancing. And that's, that's the concern, right? We've talked about the concern, the implications for education. Parents are aware of the problems. We've been seeing that for years. There, this will further exacerbate those problems, the religious liberty problems we've been talking about. So th- these are not, you know, <laughs> what we're trying to do is point to where this bill is pointing in a very negative direction, as Senator Lee noted. And people just need to understand that and pray for a return, a turn of heart for those who are not getting that.
1: Yeah. So a lot to be done here. We need to continue to pray, pray for our nation, pray for these leaders, pray for these who who voted for this, that they might have a change of heart. You know, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Shelley Moore Capito, uh, Susan Collins, Joni Ernst, Cynthia Lummis, uh, Lisa Murkowski. Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis and Todd Young, you know, pray for them, but also call them, call them and uh, call their offices and ask them why they will not stand in defense of religious freedom And this. And I'm, I'm hopeful, Travis, that we will see here maybe in the next couple of days uh, how this uh, fraudulent. Amended version that says that it protects religious freedom. Hopefully, that'll be exposed.
8: Yeah, it, it really needs to be because it claims to protect it, but it doesn't. And as centrally outlined, it is going to leave a whole host of people hanging out to dry and it, it undermines, it guts religious freedom.
1: So, folks, uh, if you want the contact information, you can call the Capitol Switchboard and reach your senators. That's uh, 202 224-3121-202, 224-3121, or, easy, text the word DUCK, D-U-C-K, to 67742. That's 67742, the word DUCK. And, and, and by the way, um, there were 12 Republicans that voted for this, but there were also a number of Republicans who stood for religious freedom in the face of, In the face of media hostility and this, you know, this cultural trend that is taking place to embrace all of this. So if your senator voted the right way, call them and, uh, and thank them for standing in defense of religious freedom and the rights of parents uh Travis certainly not over we still got a lame duck what else uh, might be teed up very yeah, quickly
8: yeah i mean so a number of of bad social uh, issues bills we obviously have the equality act in the winds a number of abortion related bills Um, Meanwhile, Congress would have to deal with the NDAA. We've been dealing with the possibility of women in the draft on that, and then budget process, continuing resolution or appropriation. So a lot of opportunity for mischief-making. We're going to be here keeping an eye on it, uh, and a lot of opportunity for all of us to be praying as we engage in the process. So
1: no Thanksgiving for you. Uh, We'll see. You'll be giving Thanksgiving from your desk as you're working here at the lab duck. Maybe you'll have duck instead of turkey. I'm going to
8: be praying about this, Tony. Okay, all
1: right. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. And uh, look, pray vote, stand. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul. When you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, and I mean all means, keep standing.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council 7234